Hello, and welcome to the World We Live In podcast. I'm your host, Eric Patterson. Alongside me is my sister, Erin. Join us as we explore the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's cultures, history, and future trends. (laughs) I almost forgot the intro. (laughs) What's going on? Oh, not much. I was like, I was, you know, we have these new mics that we used in the last episode, but I was drinking my drink. And I like swallowed really aggressively, and then it made me laugh. And then you almost forgot the end. So, we're yeah, off that would have been rough if you would have like spewed milk uh-huh. into the new mic. I yeah. know. Just I have was... it like electrocute. Yeah. Yeah. Just like ruins all of my electronics. But what have you been up to? Oh, let's see. Um, just working a lot. Yeah. Same. Working a lot. Um, and just like suffering every day with the heat. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. I know I've bitched about the heat on the podcast before, like, <clears throat> in past years. <laughs> but this year is bad. <laughs> it's just, like, it's been so bad. The, um, our power went off at work the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, they're apparently having us um, turn up the air conditioning so that the businesses aren't using as much yeah. Because the power grid is on such a strain right now because people are trying to stay cool. Yeah. Well, you know what happened to me? Yeah. Over the weekend, like, it was the same deal where I was working. They just, like, apparently they just turned the power off on our little grid. Just shut it off. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And I was like, that's, I mean, a warning would have been nice. That would have been nice. But also, yeah. it's not cool in general. No. It's rough. Like, I get it. <clears throat> but you think, you would think our power grids would be able to withstand. Yeah. You know, but especially like it's it's natural in the summer. Like get it together. Like you know it's coming. Yeah, like, like it, I don't understand. Yeah, it might not be this bad, but like it's it's what like, at a certain point, what does like a five degree increase really do? Right. You know, like after ninety degrees for me, it doesn't feel any different. No, I agree. Yeah. Like in the eighties, I'm like I'm feeling good. Yeah, eighties are great. I could so do eighties nice. all the time, but like once it hits that ninety, ninety two, it's just like. Mm-hmm. You just you just hate doing anything. Yeah, you do. It's like a chore. Yeah, to do anything. Is. No, mm-hmm. it is. It is a chore. Um, yeah. So, but other than that, not much. Um, we don't have any boating stories this week, unfortunately. No, we haven't yeah. been back on the boat, but I have it in the works. But nice. A nicer boat, because I'm in charge. Yeah. No, we're not. Like we said, we're not doing that. No. We're not doing the grill on the front of the. No. On the boat. That but that not, is not good. So I, w- I was going back and looking at the pictures for yeah. a other reason. Uh-huh. But I was just that. And it was a picture of the entire boat and like all of us who were on it. And I'm like, that thing was not that could not have been allowed. Not even close. Sketch. Yeah. But it brought me back. Um, just want to do a little announcement before we start. I will be attending the first annual Dogman slash Cryptid Conference in Paris, Tennessee. Let's go! Yes. With, Who are you uh, going with? We're going with, I'm going with Sandman <laughs> at Parareality Radio, or Real Radio. I can't remember. He, he rebranded. But anyway, yeah. Just, <laughs> Love a rebranding. Yeah, look it up. I can't remember which one it is now. But yeah, Sandman and I are going, and um, yeah, It's the first annual? The, yeah, it's the first one. Wow. First one. So we're just having a little boys weekend. Um going out on friday and it's saturday um so yeah should be fun should have some good stories yeah definitely yeah because there's gonna be a lot of authors there and people that have are supposedly researching 
uh, Dogman encrypted. So wow, we'll see what else. Well, it'll yeah. be a turn night for the both of us because he ha- he was going to go to a concert with me, but now yeah, that's he's right. going to this first annual Dogman whatever. But yeah, both- regardless, we will both be lit. <laughs> both will be a great time, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, so, kind of continuing on our theme from last week, um, I was looking up um, some stories about truckers. Like, truckers see a lot. Yeah. Like, they travel hundreds of miles, if not thousands of miles a week, um, in a car. Just passing endless amounts of land and cities and all sorts of stuff. Right. Truck stops, which sometimes might be the most scary. I mean, that is just, yeah. Um, so uh, we did we did haunted and creepy cars last week. So I just decided to continue on the theme of vehicles that are creepy. Yeah, that are creepy. So we're doing um, trucker stories this week, and we'll start off uh, kind of chill, mainly just like you know natural things that happen, and then get into some creepy stuff towards the end. So just a little foreshadowing. Aaron, this first story is for you. Okay. Okay. So. I'm going to do this one. And it's for me? It's for you, yeah. Okay, I said if I have to read it, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> okay. I'm ready, though. It says, my mom is a trucker. This is her story. <laughs> she was driving through Arizona when she saw what she thought was leaves blowing across the road in the distance. This puzzled her since there's mostly pine trees in northern Arizona. When she finally got to the leaves, she realized that they were migrating tarantulas, thousands of them. There were so many of them that her truck was sliding on their guts, so she had to slow down. She stopped at the first truck stop and told her co-driver to fuel up because she wasn't going to step foot outside after what she just saw. Her co-driver, her co-driver was pissed since it was technically his time off, and he thought she was crazy until he saw the tarantula guts and legs caked into the inside wheel of, with the inside wheel well of the truck. She also outran a tornado in the Midwest. She was about to pull over and take cover until she saw another big rig that was parked on the side of the road get tossed a couple hundred yards like a toy. She called me and told me that she thought she was going to die and wanted her last words to be I love you to me. She pulled off the freeway and, and got to a Walmart where she ran into the basement where all the staff and customers were taking shelter. After the tornado passed, they stepped out of the basement into daylight since the Walmart was destroyed. She has many stories like this. Trucking is 90% boredom, 10% insane <laughs> shit like this. <laughs> so, I, uh-uh. the, the tarantula story was for you. In case uh-uh. our listeners don't know, Aaron's terrified of spires. I am. I can't. Like, I feel icky now. Yeah, I know, right? But, yeah, the, so the, the place I work, it's like an office building, but yeah. they have a spider problem. And... The person refuses to do anything about this problem, but the problem is, is that I pee every like 15 minutes, except the sp- the spiders make the bathroom their home. Mm. Yeah, or well, like probably because it I gets dark. To- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or when I have to go like not pee and the other one, that's the problem. Yeah. Like it is so bad. Like mm. you cannot be stressed and shit at the same time. <laughs> 
Like, the, you can't do it. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. I remember taking a shit once in a porta potty, and there was a giant wasp. It was just sitting in the corner. But it's that thing that wasps do where, like, they're not moving, but, like, you know that they know you're there. <laughs> like, they're, like, get the fuck out of my porta potty. They are. They're just crawling, yeah. and you're right. Yep. You're right. You can't sit and poop when you're stressed. No, you can't. Like, it does yeah. not matter yeah, yeah. how bad you have to poop. No. If you're stressed, it's not happening. It's not going to work. Um, yeah, completely agree. Yep. Okay. Many years ago, I was on what is called a meet and turn. This is where a driver is domiciled out of one city. Sorry, this is where a driver that is domiciled out of one city will drive a load halfway to its destination where the where a driver domiciled out of that destination will drive halfway with a load that is destined for my city. They meet in the parking lot and basically just switch trailers. And then the other one drives the other half. Says I had been out on this run for a few months and found that I was and found that I always got to the meet point about an hour before the other driver. It was a dark and empty dirt lot around 3 a.m., so I would stretch out across the seat and take a short nap. One night, about 10 minutes into my nap, I awoken. I was awoken by a barking dog. I tried to ignore it, but it carried on for several minutes and got louder as the dog got closer. Soon, it became apparent that the dog was right outside my truck barking at me. Okay, either this dog is Lassie and is trying to alert me on something, or else he is just a pain in the ass and I will need to throw something at him to scare him off. It is important to note that the barking had been going on for a good 10 minutes at this point. So I set up and looked out my window. Standing there, mere inches on the other side of the glass was a man of about 35 he was a large fellow and was barking at me. His eyes were crazy and he was frothing at the mouth a little. The scene really held my full attention for a moment. The sheer creepiness of this struck me. Gently and making an absolute minimum of sudden movements, I reached down and started my truck and slowly pulled away. He chased me much like you expect an angry dog to do, barking all the while. Needless to say, it played hell with my power naps from then on that's that is that to me is the most terrifying yeah uh a human barking, barking at you at like you. a dog yeah that is and sketchy. he's 35 ish yeah like just just a, a just man. an adult yeah yeah wow that's what i'm talking about i yeah i'm never napping again if that's the case <laughs> yeah well not at 3 a.m either yeah that's, well, um, nothing good happens at that hour anyway. Nothing good happens at so, 3 a.m. That's a fact. Yep. Okay. Um, I think you'll appreciate this one, Aaron, so I think you should do this. Um, it's number, like? Uh, number six. Oh. Okay. L- l- oh, okay. It's just, it's a, it's a Reddit. I think these a are all thread. Reddit threads. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was a transportation broker for a number of years. One of those years, we obtained government contracts for the transfer of undisclosed hazardous materials. We were under restrictions to keep everything about these loads confidential, from the trucking companies to whom we brokered these loads to their specific locations. Every single day, we had to give hourly updates to an internal agency about the status of our drivers. Each load required a team in order to minimize stopping time. These trucks had specific instructions to not stop for more than 
a half hour throughout their throughout the itinerary nor to open the the contents of the trailer. Their location was constantly monitored by a GPS coupled with a timer to ensure these conditions were met. We have had many of these contracted loads without any notable issues. However, one day proved different. During this day, one of our truckers was stopped by the Department of Transportation. The officer demanded the drivers to open the trailer to reveal the unidentified contents. Our drivers cited our contract with our clients, saying that we cannot open the trailer under any circumstances. However, the Department of Transportation was persistent and broke the electronic seal himself. Our systems at dispatch were frozen immediately. To the officer's surprise, the trailer contained Tomahawk missiles used by the Department of Defense. Two Apache helicopters were scrambled from the nearest base and the Department of Transportation officer was taken into custody, but later to be released. Turns out the transportation of contents such as these are quite common. Since they are concealed in a dry van, however, the public is completely unsuspecting. Wow. Yeah, isn't that a good one? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Because it could, like, it totally probably happens. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, I, I always want to disagree with the government, but to their credit, you can't just drive open-air missiles down right. a highway. Like, if you're trying to transport these things, <laughs> you know, you can't just have missiles flying <laughs> down the highway. So. Right. But, yeah, it's crazy that, like... Um, the monitoring. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, those, I think, I think, uh, a Tomahawk, I think the cost of a Tomahawk missile is like probably almost a hundred million dollars. Really? Yeah. Um, let me see here. Uh, do. Yeah. It's, um, it's something close to that. That's insane. Yeah. Tomahawk cruise missile. Yeah, well, I guess it's uh, yeah, a little bit. It's almost two million dollars, so I wasn't, I was a bit off, but maybe not that much. It, but two million dollars. I mean, taxpayer money. Yeah. <laughs> per usual. But yeah, anyway, that story's crazy. It just makes you think of what else gets transported. Yeah, and you're just like driving the highways. Yeah, you're just driving next to it. Yep. Um. Okay. A friend of mine has a relative. A friend of mine has a relative who was who was slash is an owner operator. One time he was supposed to ship containers of whipped cream from one state to another. Passing through the Rocky Mountains, he looked at the route that was provided and realized he could save time by taking another road through the mountains. Once he got once he gets to the other side of the mountain, he stops for a meal or something and checks in the back. Turns out the pass he took was high enough in altitude that the pressure <laughs> pressure caused the lids to pop off all the containers, and the inside of his trailer is covered in whipped cream. Oh man! You know what I'm doing? Licking it. Oh, you gotta eat it. I mean, at that point, it's bad, so you might as well yeah. just eat the whipped cream. I mean, like it's just gonna yeah. go to waste. Isn't that crazy? That is hilarious. The pressure popped it off, man. Wow. I, I, obviously, that's not creepy or anything. That's just, that's just pretty funny. That is funny. Yeah. Um, okay. I used to drive I-80 between San Francisco and Cheyenne, Wyoming a lot. It's about 16 to 20 hours of driving, depending on weather and traffic and whatever. Anyway, one time I got out at a rest stop to stretch my legs and take a piss, maybe buy a Coke. <laughs> 
I go into the bathroom, and there are three beefy bearded guys, all naked, from the waist down, just lying on the ground, blowing each other in a daisy chain. <laughs> guys, our I, podcast is going in a different direction. <laughs> from this, there's no going back. <laughs> I looked at them, and two of them looked up at me. It's... <laughs> Cocks in mouth, and one of them kept going, and the other one eyes went wide, and he said, uh, "Sorry," and walked outside. <laughs> oh man, I had uh, I I came across that. And I know it's a bit um a bit vulgar, but that is just um I mean, could you imagine just going right. into the bathroom and that is in front of you? <laughs> the way he like wrote this too. I know, right? Oh man, stretch my legs, take a piss. Okay, this other one, but he has a he has another story here that's a bit that's a bit odd, and that's what I wanted to get to. Um, okay, a second time, I was driving at night, and the car starts making this odd grinding noise, like I ran over something that got stuck. It's about two a.m. I pull into a rest stop and ma- and wake up my buddy who is sleeping. I explain it to him, and we get out of the car. We both hear what sounds like a kid crying. There are no other cars at the rest stop, but we frequently hear stories about child trafficking and kidnapping nearby, so we decide to check it out. We grab our flashlights and head towards the noise, which is coming from the bathrooms. As we get closer, we realize it's coming from the women's bathroom, and it's a low, it's a low dull sobbing. We are prepared for the worst. We walk in, to s- we walk in expecting to see, um, you know, he uses some brutal words here, but he says a brutally beaten or raped young child or something, and we see nothing. The story is still there, or sorry, the sound is still there, and it's clearly coming from the room, but the room is empty. We turn on the lights, still nothing. Check each stall, the trash can, nothing. Even start looking for where in the room it's coming from. Nothing. My buddy climbs up on one of the stalls to get to the top window in the rest stop, which is vented out and open. He closes it and the noise stops completely. Opens it and there's no more noise. We sit there for a few seconds, staring at each other. He shrugs. Then the window slams shut again without him touching it. We were out of there. Wow, there's an ad literally in the middle. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What? This ad is just... um. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah, so the noise started up and they basically just... They haul ass out of there. Um, So they get out of the parking lot. The grinding noise in their car is still there. He goes, so this time I pull over a few miles later at a Flying J truck stop. Well lit, sometimes occupied. Couple of truckers there, no other civilians like us. We check under the car. There's a red and silver piece of metal wedged between part of the car and the road about half an, I- half an inch or so off the ground. So with us in the car, it would definitely have been grinding against the ground. Can't remove it by hand. It's really wedged in there. So we kick so we kick at it to bend it and figure we'll remove it when we get back. A week later, I had my mechanic take it out when he was doing a service. It was part of a kid's tricycle. 
the red area where somebody can stand, like on the back of the tricycle. Yeah. I don't know why, and I don't think they were connected or anything, but that was one of those moments for me, totally fucked up and crazy. Yeah. That's that like, is a really weird coincidence. It is. That they would hear like a crying kid and then have supposedly part of a tricycle stuck under their car. Mm-hmm. Eerie. Yeah. Very eerie. Um, okay. Um, let's move on. Uh, can you click, check out the other article that mm-hmm. I sent you? I'm on it. You got it? Yeah, I have it up. Okay. Um. From a serious universe. Yeah, go ahead and, go ahead okay. and pull it up. Or go ahead and, I guess it's the first story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So a very unsettling experience was posted on ThoughtCo involving a witness called Mike L., a long-haul trucker who operates all over the lower 48 states. On this particular evening in June of 2011, he was making his way down a dark road near Palestine, Arkansas, on his way from Detroit, Michigan to Houston, Texas, and made a stop at a small truck stop that came up out of the night in front of him just off the I-40 interstate. It was a remote place squatting out in seemingly the middle of nowhere, almost anomalous in its presence there amongst the parched landscape and an unkempt demeanor and quite filthy looking, filthy looking for the most part. But he was tired from hours out on the lonely road and he decided to take a long break for the night. Mike purchased some food and sat back in his truck to have a bite to eat and listen to the radio, after which he would lay down and take a rest. His peace would not last long. He was jolted awake by the rocking of his truck as if there was an earthquake happening. And this was so intense that it actually knocked a bottle of water off the dashboard as well as his ashtray. After he regained his composure, he decided that it had to be the wind. And almost as a response to this mental query, there was another powerful shock to the truck. Wondering what in the world was going on, Mike got out of the truck to look around. He found that the night was still with no wind that could have caused that disturbance. He explains what happened next. Curiously and cautiously, I walked around the front of the truck to the passenger side and looked down the length of my trailer. I noticed movement, low to the ground about four feet, not fast. I used my keys to unlock the passenger side door, jumped up and grabbed my large flashlight from an overhead storage compartment. I climbed back down and closed and locked the door. I clicked on the light and shined it down the side of my trailer. There was a young girl standing off into the field about 10 feet behind my truck. But when I looked harder, she wasn't there. Well, like I said earlier, truck drivers see something new every day. This was certainly new. I began to walk toward the rear of my truck, scanning the field with my flashlight for any trace of this girl I had just seen. When I reached the back, there was no trace. It must have been a trick of the eyes. Heck, I haven't even fully awakened yet. I glanced over my shoulder. There were no cars at the pumps, and the clerk definitely hadn't noticed me. So after peering out into the dark for a few moments, trying to see if he could locate this girl, he headed back to his truck, and as he got in, he claims to have heard the jolting, distinct sound of a girl's giggle from behind him. Startled, he got back down onto the pavement. He said, I'm finding this girl. Yeah, seriously. Like, I'm getting in that and driving as fast as I can, but... This is a weird one. And shown his flashlight around, but he couldn't see anything. 
He claims that he said aloud, this is getting kind of creepy, which got a reply in a girl's voice. He heard me. Mm. Mike says that this time the voice actually came from inside the truck. Although he was sure that no one could have gotten past him into the vehicle without him seeing, he leaned his head into the truck and heard a, a distinct voice from within say good night. A panicked Mike then frantically searched the entire interior of the truck and found that no one was there. Oh, man. Yeah. Then this is what transpired next. I turned around and shuffled into the cab to close the door when I saw the young girl standing outside of my truck on the pavement, Mm -mm -mm. looking up at me with lifeless eyes. Those eyes you see weren't meant for a person. They were designed for a predator, and all of a sudden I felt like prey. I reached forward and slammed the door shut and flicked the lock. I quickly decided that I was not staying here for the rest of the night. I turned the key and heard my truck's motor rumble to life along with the familiar annoying buzzing that was my air pressure gauge telling me that I didn't have enough air to release the brakes. I took a glance out the window and there she stood, still as a tree looking up at me and smiling. I didn't want to get any closer to the window until I was ready to get my truck moving. This was wrong and I didn't want any part of this. That girl wasn't human, at least not anymore. It was almost as if she was something so inhuman that it would take the form of a human. It's hard for me to explain, and I feel sick just thinking about it. I heard the siren shut off and hit the valves to supply air to my brake system. As the system began to air up, the siren came on again. Mike says he wasted no time in putting the truck in gear and tearing out of the truck stop. As he looked back, he says he could see the eerie form of a girl standing there bathed in the red of his running lights, grinning and waving after him. He drove on for around 45 minutes, trying to wrap his head around what he'd just seen and pulled himself together before pulling into a longer, more well-lit, larger, more well-lit truck stop. That was when he noticed something disturbing, of which he would say, At the store at the previous truck stop, I'd bought a souvenir. Nothing fancy, just a postcard with a picture of Arkansas on it. As you should. Naturally. Yep. I also had bought a new knife and he never taken the knife out of the box and he remembered putting the postcard into a drawer for safekeeping the point of the blade had been driven directly into the spot on i-40 where i had originally stopped for the night the blade had been driven in deep pegging the postcard to my nightstand it took me several minutes just to work the knife loose enough to withdraw it from the nightstand thankfully when i turned the postcard over no message had been left for me I threw the postcard away and tossed the knife into a dumpster. To this day, I do not know what I saw. Someone was in Damn. there. Damn. Damn. That is creepy. That girl was in there. She was. Um, it's difficult to classify what this could have been, be that a ghost or something else altogether. But there have certainly been other creepy, possibly supernatural apparitions seen along desolate, darkened roads, and which are equally as hard to identify. One report from a comment on a Reddit forum for truckers concerns a witness who was on a trucking mission called a meet intern, which we discussed. We did. New for me. Now I know what that is. Yeah, I had no idea, but it makes yeah. sense. Which we know they haul their cargo halfway and then someone else takes over. But yeah, yeah, yeah. On this particular run, the witness allegedly arrived at the designated meeting point an hour early. So they had to wait in what was like a dark, empty lot at 3 a.m. with not a single other soul in sight. Since he had some time to kill, he decided to have a short nap. Oh, this is it. But this would be rudely interrupted by, guess what? A barking human. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I had... Is that had, like a famous story? 
I don't know, but okay. it's been in two articles, so I imagine it is somewhat famous. Yeah. I um I'm not signed into my MU account. So I my I, I've reached my article limit. Oh so that's why I can't pull it up, so that's why mm. that's why Well you're, yeah, they tell that story again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um So the guy, I do want to address the girl um, because he does say it had like predatory eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been, especially considering the, the he says it was in a field. Definitely could have been like a possible um, UFO experience. Yeah, true. Because there's a lot of stories where they are um, disguising themselves as us, and then and With- then like. Uh, people get abducted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the eyes, too. The eyes, We've yeah. talked about that yeah. a lot. Um, I don't know. I like this one. I think, like, stories with, like, dark horses or, like, just, like, horses in general freak me out. Really? So, like, yeah, this one I just think is creepy. Okay. But he said he was driving to work um, around 3.30 in the morning on a back road in Mississippi. Near the Louisiana state line, and it was raining and a winding road with no lines. And he said it's creepy during the day and like dangerous, but he just all of a sudden sees a jet black horse like fly out of the woods. And on the horse is a guy in a black cloak. (laughs) Wow. And they're like at full speed. Like this horse is sprinting for Uh like a quarter of a mile. And then it went down another side trail and disappeared, but he had someone in the car with him, and they just looked at each other and were like, what the fuck? That's, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Why does everything come out of the woods? Well, where, I mean, where else are they going to be? Just like... <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, Or like you, a field. Yeah, or like yeah. a field. Why does everything come out of, like, like the, old tr- the old trope of, like, don't go into the woods by yourself mm-hmm. is, like, fucking true. Like a, well, I'm drawing a blank on it. Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, like Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> like, all those German fairy tales, like, people just think, oh, those are stories. No, but, like, really? Those are not just stories. Like, yeah. there's a reason why they wrote those. And also, nobody, no human comes up with anything brand new. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, no one just thinks of something new. Everybody builds their ideas off of something that's already created. Yep. And the stories that are told are to address something that has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, this one is a... Um, this guy was driving in California and in Fresno, and he saw a guy like on the side of the road, and so he slowed down so he like, wouldn't hit him. And the guy was six, seven, or seven feet tall, wearing a black sombrero, standing on like the white line for like the shoulder. Oh God! Of a two-lane highway, and he said his side mirror missed his head by like at least or at most two inches. Damn! But he didn't like the guy didn't move or anything. He just yeah. stood there. I read one where this guy. He apparently there's I don't know where he was, but this stretch of road he covered. Um, There'd be like random boxes just like on the side of the road mm-hmm. or whatever, like in the middle of the road. And <clears throat> he would, um, he would like 
he wouldn't he knew they were like empty or like something harmless was in them Mm -hmm. so he would just run right through them they weren't gonna like damage his car huh and but this one time he decided to veer away from the box and as he drives past it in his side mirror he sees a young child Uh uh-uh yep a young child tip the box over and like come out from under it but normally he would just drive right normally he would just drive right through it but he was like no not this one yeah or oh my god yeah he was like no i'm gonna i'm gonna swerve there was also another one where um, I think it was in Montana or somewhere where moose are prevalent. Mm-hmm. This one guy had hit a moose, but um, like didn't stop, mm-hmm. and because he thought he just hit it and it was on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was a female moose, okay. and she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And when he hit the moose, it basically aborted the baby uh-huh and the and when he stopped at his destination the baby the dead baby carcass of the moose was on his car on his truck that's disgusting pretty nasty also really just freaky yeah just oh very my scary God. yeah man yeah i there, don't want any part of that there's another one um had something to do with like uh these pills that truckers take to stay awake and this guy was saying that if you take too many of them you start to see purple bunnies on the road oh and you start I've heard ho- of that. And, yeah, and you start hallucinating mm-hmm. and he was like yeah if you take too many of these like they're gonna fuck you up yep yeah to like keep you awake mm-hmm. yeah yep. wow wow Oh wait, this is a um <clears throat> This is a pretty funny one actually. Okay. I'm gonna lighten it up before we finish off. Um so this says um my trucking days were shit, but I got some good stories from them. Going south on I seventy five in Georgia around three AM, I see this bright light maybe about two miles behind me. Not only is it super bright, but it is on the interstate and it is hauling ass. It's too big, and it's moving faster than anything I've ever seen. <laughs> now, earlier that day, I had called the guy who taught me how to drive, and he really is really superstitious about life on the road. He would tell me stories about how a green apparition chased him in Florida when he was, pu- when he was pulling too many miles, all kinds of stuff. I was already spooked from that conversation earlier, so looking into my mirror and seeing this giant light flying toward me, Made my <laughs> made my ass ash hole clinch onto the seat. <laughs> this thing closes the distance between us and flies past me. Probably doing around 120. I had the window down, and as it went past me, I felt this massive amount of heat. When it passed me, I could finally tell what it was. It was a hay hauler. A truck that hauls a trailer designated for hay, and the entire load of hay was on fire. I jumped onto the CB radio and screamed, Driver, your trailer's on fire. The driver comes back in a surprisingly calm voice with, I know, I'm just letting it burn off. I figure if I go fast enough, I can keep my cab from getting burned. (laughs) 
Okay. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. Oh my goodness. He was probably like, because of his the guy who taught him how to drive. He's probably like, oh, what is this? Like, yeah, it's like a UFO or yeah, something me, yeah. chasing you. Yeah. No, just a truck on fire. No, just, yeah, just on fire. So crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I feel like even, I'm not like, when I drive even not that far out of Nashville, like there are so many trucks pulled off on Ooh. the side of the road. So many. I mean, cause like, I feel like once you get out of there, like, especially if you're going West, there's nothing until like Memphis really. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's true. But I like these when these people are driving out west. Like I can't imagine. Because, so, well, there's so much space out there. Yeah, it's insane. And I mean, I've I guess I've seen the space a little bit, but like I I'm, can't imagine driving at night. Like it gets so dark, like in the Midwest or oh, even in the South. Like I can't imagine. Well, and they uh, there's a couple stories in here about um <clears throat> about trucks that had their brakes catch fire going down going down mountains because they were moving so fast and they couldn't and their load was so heavy and what happened and the this one story um the guy sees this this big rig like Mm -hmm. hauling ass down the road and he's like why is this guy going so fast and his brakes were on fire and as he goes oh. past him, he like loses sight of him. Yeah. And then as he keeps driving, he sees a, a fire extinguisher on the side of the road, mm-hmm. but doesn't see anything from the car. So I guess he just assumed that it was okay, and he put out the fire on his brakes or something. Yeah. Wow. Mm, I know. Wow. So needless to say, I mean, there's, there's so many stories. Um, that is great. I'm... There's one, uh, this one I'm reading right now is, I'm wondering if it's like her car or her truck's on fire because it's about them like driving down a hill. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it, um, I feel like trucking is uniquely American. Mm hmm. You know? Yeah. Like I'm sure, I'm sure trucking is prevalent in other, probably mostly, european countries right but i feel like trucking is distinctly american because of our highway system yeah yeah i agree and just like the geography like i think it's hard to find a country that has like the variety i guess yeah yeah i agree well and because it's so um America is so, every part of it is so, um, I don't know, I don't want to say civilized, but like, there are so many cities that Mm -hmm. need to be connected. Yeah. I feel like in other countries, they don't necessarily to that extent, or the countries aren't as big. Right. Like Western Europe, the countries aren't that big. Yeah, and it's like... Yeah, they're separate countries, but the cities yeah. of other countries are so close. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like going from like London to Manchester, like I'm sure it's no more than like a five hour drive. Right. As compared to like going from like New York to, mm-hmm. I don't know, Des Moines, Iowa. That's like a 20 hour drive. Yeah. 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 I know. So. Like I forget how long it takes to get places here too. Yeah. Like it just is so weird. And like then in other countries. Or like other continents, you can drive to a different country like within an hour. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just is so strange. That's crazy. But yeah, I was talking to my friend about going to 
like driving to Rhode Island. And they're like, that is like 18 hours yeah. from here. And I'm like, no, it's not. It was. It definitely is. But I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's fine. But they are like, they're from up there. And like, there's like four or five states really close together. Yeah. They're like, we, we ain't driving over four hours anywhere. No, like, no. Yeah, that east, that east Coast part is really tight. But like, I feel like we drove all the time. Yeah. I mean, unless you're going like... But we also like, drove like the same highway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. True. Not a lot of options. Not a lot of options at all. Um, well, that's all we got. Um, hopefully, uh, that wasn't too scary. No, it wasn't. I thought it was going to be a bit scarier. It was just like weird. Yeah. I wish that one, that one note about the... Um, about the green apparition chasing the guy went into more detail. Yeah. But that, that didn't, that wasn't on the list. I also um, feel like these stories, like there's no time to like, like the truckers aren't like going to be in a position to like analyze what's going on. That is a good like, point. Like they're literally yeah. driving. Yeah. Like the guy, like the guy with the, um, the guy with the guy barking at him, the trucker with the right. guy barking at him like a dog. Mm-hmm. Like, he or had like, to get the hell out of there. Yeah. 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 Like, you're not going to... Yeah. You're yeah, not going to go check it out. Yeah. You're not going to hang out on the road. Yeah. As opposed to, like, if there was some guy outside of uh, outside of our house barking mm-hmm. at us like a dog, then we would, like, call 911 and, yeah. like, we don't have anywhere to go. Like, you can't just get away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of stories we've done, like, people, like, are approached, like... In their yard or like yeah. at the store yes. or something. So yeah, that's to think about too. It is. Okay. Well, um, thanks for being with us. Um, you can find us on Twitter at World We Live Pod. Um, email us at World We Live in Podcast at gmail.com. And you can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts. And rate and review if you have the opportunity. Also follow us on Facebook at The World We Live In Podcast. Um, And yeah. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Always in the co-host seat. Yep, always. Okay, thank you guys and take care and we'll see you next time.